Welcome to the teaching ministry of pastors Carl and Cheryl Thomas. Our favorite verse is Habakkuk 2.14, for the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Consumed by that revelation, we are committed to recognizing, resourcing, and releasing high-impact ministries resulting in global glory, transforming lives to impact their world. We have a teaching that will impact you today. Now, let's get right into that word. Good morning, everybody. I've made it. Praise be to Jesus. And it's so much warmer here than it is at our house. Why is that, Pastor Cheryl? Our 37-year-old um, our boiler. 37? I think it's actually 44. 44. 44-year-old really? boiler. Our boiler died. It did. Boiler, <laughs> we woke up this morning and it was 12 degrees. 12 degrees. Like, we usually keep our temperature at the house around 18, and so when Dylan and Stephanie come over, Stephanie comes prepared with extra clothing. Now she brings her slippers, sweatshirt, and everything else. But it was cold this morning. It was cool. Praise yeah. Jesus. But we're getting a brand new, it's like a Lamborghini heating system, so it better be, because it costs like a Lamborghini to put it in. But <laughs> praise the Lord, we're hoping by the time we get back home sometime today, sometime we're going to have a warm house. Amen? I did leave the heaters on because it was so cold. You did leave the heaters on? Wowzers. Yeah. Now, it just made me think. I was really cold taking a shower this morning. I mean, you know, yesterday a bunch of folks went out uh, giving warm breakfast sandwiches to people that are still on the street, and I was... I was feeling a bit grumpy because I was taking a really cold shower, and I, like, <laughs> I kind of thought about that. And I said, Lord Jesus, have mercy on people that find themselves in such yeah. difficult straits. We don't want to just help them with a, a little meal or something to fill their tummy, but Lord, deliver them from the, the trap, from the, the bondage that's keeping them in that situation. So in Jesus' name, But it was bless a good them. morning. Was it good morning yeah, today? Yeah, Kelly and Brooklyn and myself pretty well got most oh, of the sandwiches yeah. uh, ready yeah. yesterday morning for the boys to take out to those uh, living on the streets. And they were the bomb diggity breakfast sandwiches. I heard. I heard Brooklyn was like, them some good sandwiches <laughs> right there. Yeah, so. we had real cheddar cheese. We had little ring molds so we could cut them in round shapes. And, yeah. And a big chunk of ham and... And Joey bought all the kind of Valentine snacks for them. So he overbought. Still, they had a chocolate bar. They had chips. They had gum. And they had a juice box. And oh, they had man. a sandwich. So and, good. And other stuff. And other stuff. Hey, we got <laughs> people here on our uh, Zoom screen. Good morning, Zoom everybody. Audience. Wow. Look at that. Oh, Madeline, you are... You are uh, uh, Love you, pastors. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get home already? Wowzers. You're good. How'd she do that? Well, love you guys. So good to be with you. Happy Valentine's. Day happy Valentine's and, uh, happy Day. Valentine's Day we almost you forgot. I said it earlier today. You did. Right with that bouquet of flowers that I gave you. So yes. uh, <laughs> listen, it's family weekend too. How many are kind of like uh, it's hard to tell when long weekends happen because every day just seems to kind of run into run itself into the sometimes. Other. It's just a bit weird. But happy family day. Happy Valentine's. And it's a trifecta today. It's a big, big deal because it's also the Daytona 500. So come on, give it up. Woo! All right. So. I don't know how people can watch 500 laps of cars just going around in circles and not fall asleep. Oh, you just, you don't get it. You know, it's, it's like either you get it or you don't. I only like watching Daytona when there's car crashes. And the last three laps are worth watching. The rest of it is 
well, unnecessary. You, you need prayer. You need prayer for that. All right. Look, you know what we're doing? We're doing a, a new sermon series, and the series is called Uncomplicated. We want to uncomplicate relationship, bringing godly clarity to our relational complexity. How many have some complicated relationships? Anybody have any of those? Is is anybody getting out of the house and talking to anybody? Is anybody in any way? It, it's just relationships can get awkward, but we want to help you deal with relational complexity. So we're going to do four weeks on uncomplicated. So we're going to get started. Going to get in right away. Already, For beauty and clarity to be revealed, there needs to be context. For beauty and clarity to be revealed. Like if you've got something beautiful that you want to demonstrate, you know, you usually put it in a context. You put it on display. You put it in an area or in a place where you can go like, wow, that really makes it pop. So that's the same with God. The example, like a diamond ring, you put it in a nice setting. I got, I got my dad's ring, my dad's ring, and it's a, a nice okay. ruby with a K on, and it's nicely set in a ring. And like, if I just had that in my pocket or just hanging loosely, it wouldn't mean much. But, True. but you know, boom, there it is. You know what I mean? So that's exciting, right there. So you put it big diamond. If you're giving somebody a diamond, you put it in a context, you put it in a setting. Well, God wanted to show off how incredible He is. God wanted to show off His goodness. God wanted to manifest how incredibly remarkable He is. So God decided, I'm going to make family. I'm going to make a community. I'm going to manifest myself through a beautiful community. So the family of God is the context where the nature and the kingdom, all that God is, it, it's all manifests, is where the kingdom of God are best displayed. So that's what that's all about. I so, love when Fisha Pickett in her book, God's Dream, yes. talks about the hurt love of God or the yeah. need of God. And some theologians might argue that God doesn't have any needs, but he does have a need because yeah. if God is love, he needs to express love. He actually says it in Ephesians. It says in order to satisfy his, his great, great need, love. His, yeah. his great need to express love. Yeah. And in order to satisfy that, he brought us yeah. into a family and he yeah. brought us into a relationship. Yeah. Isn't that great? It is great. You know, there's always been community. If, you're, if you love someone, you want to demonstrate that. You want to I manifest do. that. That's right. And so there, but there has to be a recipient. That's why I dress you up, baby, because I want to show you off. You know? <laughs> That's why I do that. Okay. So you do that, and, and God has that fabulous family, that creative, beautiful family. I stumped you right there. You got kind of stuck, okay. right? You're on a flow, and then no, that's you, good. you just boom. So yeah. you got to do that. So here we are. We're the family of God. Matthew 6, 9 says, our Father. Father. I love that. Jesus said, our Father. And you see, there was always community. I mean, there's always been community. Yeah. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost are a community. It's the union of the Godhead. And you see, we got invited into that beautiful community. Isn't that amazing? It is amazing. God, God didn't say, I'm just going to have a community, and you guys will be over there, and we'll be over here. God brought us right into his community. He yeah. made us one with him. So we are a part of the most beautiful union that ever existed. It's the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And we are one with them. We're absolutely one with yeah, them. We're in and union God wants with to them. show that off. So Ephesians 3, 1, it says, for this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole, whole family, family in heaven, heaven and, and on earth, earth is named. Don't you? The whole family. The whole family. And, and sometimes people like to apply that just to the Christian family. Yeah. But it's actually the whole family in heaven and, and on, on earth. earth. Isn't that and great? Yeah, so we've been invited into that. we got we a beautiful community. Him. We belong to that beautiful family. So many people think Christianity is a belief system. They think it's a belief system, but it's really not. It's more a belong system. And you see, if you think it's what you believe, it's not. It's belonging. I mean, there are beliefs, there are, are things, but you know what? It's more being brought into a community than it is brought into a, a structure of beliefs. And, you know, you have to believe this to be a part of the team. No, you, you come. You belong. Yeah. You get brought and born in 
into that community. That's, and a, that's our philosophical it approach is. is that you belong, yeah. you believe, and you behave. And yep. it's pretty hard to behave a certain way if you're not able to belong. So someone can, could come into my family, but if they don't come into my house, but if they don't belong, they don't know the, what behavior is oh, expected. True. So, yeah. you know, we've been invited into the family of God. We're a part of the family of God. We belong to one another. And the whole belief and behaving happens after belonging. Yes. Maslow said, uh, belonging is a number three thing on the hierarchical needs. He said, uh, physical needs like food and shelter and yep. safety are one and two. Yep. But the third most important belonging. need for mankind is to belong. It. Yeah. And God has made us to belong to Isn't him. Isn't that great? Yeah. God has made us belong. And, you know, when you come into a family, they don't say, okay, here's a list of rules if you want to hang out with us. They come in, they welcome you, they love you, and then you learn not through teaching and sit down, I want to teach you this. You learn more through observation. You learn more through just, it's hang caught. It. You catch on. You just get it. And you realize that these things are imparted to you through life. They're imparted to you through experiences with people. And, Amen. And God God sent his son. He didn't send a textbook. He said, hey, do this and you can have eternal life. He sent his son. Yeah. And his son said, our father. And his son said, good news. You're all welcome into the family. I've obliterated everything that separates you from the father. Come and be reconciled to God. Isn't it great? Awesome. I love it. So John 13, 35, Jesus said, by this we will know that you are my disciples if you've learned to obey the rules. No, it's because of the way you treat one another. It's the way you do community, the yeah. way you love one another. John 15, 12 says, this is my commandment, that you love one another. How? How as I have loved you. You can't love until you've been loved. And you see, Jesus came to express the love of God. Love came down and invaded our big, big mess. And Jesus brought us into the family. He that sums it all loved up. us so unconditionally you know, Jesus completely. Said, I think it was this or in a different translation, a new commandment, yeah. which means all the other commandments are old. subservient. They are. Or, you know, old because a new commandment I give unto you that you should love one another. It is. I've loved There's you. places in the New Testament where we you have to do his commandment. It's his commandment. Yeah. And his commandment wasn't the, the tablets in the Old Testament. His commandment was right here. A new commandment I give you. Yeah, love one another. Love one another as I've loved I see you. Stephanie's online. Watching Stephanie's you. online. That's good fantastic. Morning, That's so good. All right, so communion. This is Charles Spurgeon. We preachers like to quote Charles Spurgeon because he was the prince of preachers. So it has impact because Charles Spurgeon said it. Communion is strength. Solitude is weakness. Alone, the fine old beach yields to the blast and lies prone in the meadow in the forest supporting each other the trees laugh at the hurricane the sheep of the of jesus flock together the social element is the genius of, of christianity. christianity i love that you see what's the genius what what's the high mark what's the hallmark of real christian life it's the social element it's the yeah. way we gather it's the way we do life together when they see the way you do life when they see that you've been baptized in the love of god separated from the way the world treats each other there's a different community that lives out of love, that serves one another, that esteems others better than themselves. When they see that kind of community, they go, wow. I love the illustration he uses about the beach tree yeah. on its own. On its it's own. A, it could get blown Boom, over. Yeah. You know, I think about the California redwood trees, yes. and they can be like uh, 300 feet tall, yes. and some of them Huge. are like 2,500 years yeah, old. Yeah, you can drive cars through them. And you you would look on the surface and imagine they must have a very, very deep root system, but actually the, the redwoods are have a very shallow... Spread out. Yeah, they're yeah. all interconnected, intertwined, roped and woven together. Yeah. And it's it's that, that roping, that weaving, that kind of tying and twisting together that sustains them and helps them to live 2,500 years old. 
you're strong and makes yeah. him go tall and big. So ain't no wind gonna blow you're, them yeah, over. No wind, no wind gonna take me down because I am no hooked up in a big, big way. Genesis 1:31. Then God saw everything that He had made, and indeed it was very good. So we're gonna start our series on relationships. We should start at the beginning. We should start with that great community that said, "Let us make, make man. man in our own image. Let us." And and God decided to create, and He said, uh, "Boom!" Right away, He said, "Let there be light," and there was light, and He separated the light from the darkness, and, and that was a good day. And he said, hey, it was good. And I mean, he, he added to it. He did all kinds of things. He separated the, the dry ground from the wet ground, and that was a good day. And then he, you know, he made the stars, and the, he put the big dipper up there, and he put some other things up there, and, you know, big dipper, right? Yeah, you know, there's a little dipper, too. He put the big dipper, and he put the little dipper, and you know, when he was finished that day, he said... <laughs> It's good, you know, and then he decided to put some fish and stuff. He put Flipper and uh, Nemo and uh, what's her name, the the mermaid, the littlest mermaid. What's her name? Muriel? Ariel. Ariel. He made all of them, put them in there, and then, Muriel. He, then, he, made, uh, then he made Dumbo the elephant and... Uh, Tigger yeah, the cat. Tigger the cat. He, Winnie I mean, the Pooh. He put all the animals in there, did all that, and then what did he say? He said... It is good. It's good. It was good. It was a good day. It was, and you know, it's really, really good. Then he created man. And, he, and you know, before he created, he didn't create man and then, then make something. He created everything and then he put man in it. And man was unique because man was, let us make man in our own image. And you see, when he put man in the whole situation, you know what he said? He said, it is very it's good. It's very good. This is very good. So it's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's very, very good. So God had a really good week and on the seventh day, he rested and went, ah, that was something else right there. All right, so what comes after chapter one, Pastor Cheryl? Chapter two. Chapter two. Two comes after one. Boom. Are you ready? Oh, I went the wrong way. All right, Genesis chapter two, 18. It says, and then the Lord said, it's not good. It's not good. It's not good. So did God say, oh, I blew it. I made a mistake. I can't believe I did that. Is that what he did? No. No, what did he do? He revised. <laughs> he revised. <laughs> said, it's not good that man should be alone. I will make a helper comparable to him. Man, so smart. I mean, Adam named all the animals, did all of that kind of stuff. And Adam was like, man, there's, there's nobody quite like me. And so God's not saying I made a mistake. He's saying, yeah. you know what? There is something, there's a better way to manifest my goodness. There's a better way for man to experience and express himself than, than just this one being. He said, it's not good that man should be alone. Now, it doesn't mean that man was lonely. Why? Because God was with them. Yeah, I mean, you got 100% fellowship with God. Does God meet all your needs, yes or no? Yes. Yes, he does. He meets all my needs out of and according to his riches and glory. So it's just like, boom, let there be fun. Let there be joy. I mean, God was the most fun to hang out with. So it's not like Adam was like, I'm lonely. It wasn't loneliness. It was uniqueness. Could, it was that he aspect. He could talk to the animals. He could talk to everything because the animals God were talking. So you got, you got uh, Adam there. So God's looking and he's saying, you know, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, we're really tight. We work together. We're in absolute agreement. You know, we could never really take Adam off. We could never actually disappoint him. He'd never be frustrated hanging with us because 
And there was none comparable to Adam. He none had friends really. with the animals. Friends, he had friends with God, stuff, but there yeah. wasn't another human there for not, him. Not just like him. You know? mm-hmm. so, so then God says, I'm going to make a helper comparable. Helper is easier. You look in the Bible where it says, God is my helper. Easier, exact same word. Yeah. So it's not subservient. Not subservient. To clarify. It's not like, here's my wife. God gave her to help me. Yeah. No, well, God's your helper. Does that mean he's less than? No, not at all. It's helper. And a comparable means as in front of him, perfect match, same nature. So you got somebody who is not inferior. And I, I like it that, you know, didn't take woman out of man's head. <laughs> Some people think that, though. But, <laughs> but didn't take him out of Adam's foot. I mean, but out of the side, from beside. So woman, that whole aspect of woman was always there. But woman was taken from man. So, or else that first uh, covenant, that first commission to go multiply and fill the earth, how could you multiply if you weren't able to multiply? So he made man, male and female, but then he took woman from man, and he takes woman out of man. So now for the first time ever, there's Adam, and he's confronted with somebody just like himself. He's got to make decisions, he's got to work together, he's got to do stuff. And you know, back in that day, he couldn't wake up and say, you're really ticking me off, I cancel you. (laughs) I've canceled my subscription to woman. You know, there was, there, there was no cancel culture in the first community. In fact, the only cancel culture we have is we cancel sin, we cancel disappointment, we cancel offense, we cancel, and we're going to have a, a cancel culture sermon in this series, so let's not go yeah, too far on that. But don't boom, jump the gun. Don't jump the gun. Psalm 142.4, I look for someone to come and help me, but no one gives me a passing thought. No one will help me. No one cares a bit what happens to me. I mean, David no one gives was having Fig a bad about day. I mean, last week it was no one gives a fig, but no one cares. I mean, that's a horrible thing when you are alone and you're in a bad spot and you feel like there's not a single person that I can call or I can lean on. Psalm 25, 16, it says, turn to me, have mercy for I am alone. I am alone and I am in deep distress. I tell you, when you're in a messed up spot, it's good to have somebody. It says that in Ecclesiastes, two are, are better, better than, than one. one. And when a threefold you got two, cord cannot not be broken. broken. Amen. And when you're hooked up with, with, with somebody and you're tight with God, you got that unbreakable cord that you know that you're going to be firm in every situation. And Adam needed help in the garden. Let's face it. That's the big garden to tend. <laughs> you betcha. I know, I know you Just need thinking. help in the garden. So, But oh, well. uh, we, we had to call somebody because I'm no good in the garden. Dr. Les Parrott, he said, if you try to build intimacy with another person before you've done the work in getting yourself whole, all your relationships become a, an attempt to complete yourself. So Which your is relationships, theft. It is. If you, if you enter a relationship uh, looking to complete something in you, to me, that's theft. And that, that's, you know, fraudulent. I would be not as big and heavy as I am if you'd cook more nutritious meals. <laughs> Whatever. I would. I would be lean and mean fighting machine. This but, man is an intelligent you, person who can read and is capable of following you, a recipe. You are opposed to my well-being. Hands and two feet. You give me pasta and, and all manner that's of nonsense. because I love pasta and I you, jump in the treadmill. You, you, you bake. Uh, peanut, butter well, peanut butter cookies. Oh, big basket. But I gave half of them to Stephanie and, know, it's, and Dylan. It's just wrong. I don't and know. then ate the other I, half I know, myself. I don't know what your scheme is. I'm telling you. But you see, when you think somebody else is responsible for you your know filling your, your bucket of your happiness, you're in a bad state. Your relationships are only as strong as you are. So you got to get yourself whole. You got to get yourself figured out. Yeah. So Neil Clark Warren, he's the founder of eHarmony. How many people found your wife online? I found Cheryl online. It was uh, it was. Best 
bell. It was a bell phone line. And she had a party a, line. A party line. So I had to fight with other people just to call her house. And then we'd be. And we had a specific ring. Yeah. So that's how old I am. We lived in the country. How many had, had a party, party line. line? I don't even know what a party Anybody line remember? is. Oh, I mean, Sherry remembers a party line. Yeah. Did you grow up in the country, Sherry? A party yes, line. Of course. And Kathy We'd did. yawn. I'm just, just, you know, wooing Cheryl with my beautiful words, just she expressing and, and just really moving on her heart. So, how long are you guys gonna be on there? Hey, get <laughs> out of my crazy. love life. You know the but oh anyway. Gosh. He started okay. eHarmony, e-harmony online. He started that whole program of dating online. Ask if you could just, he said, if you could ask just one word, one word of advice for anybody. They said, if you could advise anybody, you know, about dating and how to build a relationship, here's what he said. Here's what he said. One word of advice. Here it is. You ready? Get yourself healthy before you get married. Get yourself healthy before you get married. Wow. I don't that's, think anybody. That's a tall be order. It is a tall order, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's you rough. Can, you know, be as, as, as you should, good version of yourself you should, as possible. You should push back. You should reflect on you. You should ask yourself questions. You should have questions. some good self You should look in the mirror and say, how are you doing? I mean, really? And sometimes you need to look in the mirror and say, why did you do that? What's wrong with you? I've done that before. Yeah. Look in the mirror at myself and go, yeah. what the heck were you thinking? Come on, just push like, What's wrong say, with hey, you? You're, you're better than that. You're a child of God. What's yeah. going on in there? We need to have a little, spend a little time with the Almighty so here. Good old self-evaluation. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Introspection. Push back, reflect. In a healthy good. way. In a healthy way. Yeah, don't get stuck in circles and circles of uh, <laughs> healthy stuff. All right. All right. Uh, Dean Ornish, head of Ornish Lifestyle Medicine, he said, love and intimacy, our ability to connect with ourselves and others, is at the root of what makes us sick and what makes us well. That's true. Relationships are where it's oh, all going on. If they're bad. They're bad. It's they're, ugly. And it makes you bad. It makes you it, don't it, sleep. It affects you. You can't sleep. You can't you're eat. Anxious, you're anxious. Doing stuff. You either you overeat or don't eat. You're oh. just angry. You're mad, and your liver starts to go. Stab knives into cutting boards. Yeah, just bad. I mean, it's at the root of everything that makes us sick, makes us well. Stab knives in the cutting boards. Yeah. Did you see that on a show? When I was when I was young and I got mad, and my relationships with my siblings was unhealthy healthy things just started flying around my house and that was in the day when my mom was a smoker and you know back then you had those big heavy glass ashtrays they would go flinging through the house there was dents in every door of our house when I was growing up and most of them were from me pray for me Pray for me, please. All right. All right. Look, it's what causes sadness and what brings happiness, what makes us suffer, what leads to healing. If a new drug had the same impact, virtually every doctor in the country would be recommending it to his or her patients. It would be malpractice not to prescribe it. So relationships are everything. Healthy relationships are everything. It's at the root. It's at the root of all the good stuff, the sad stuff, the bad stuff. I, I love that relationships can make you healthy. Yeah. It's I love relationships that they can. Great. Give you good sleep and give you good rhythm and, and all of those kind of things. Sometimes we approach relationships all from the negative perspective. I know, you shouldn't, because God but, said it's not good yeah, for man to be alone. Yeah, so, so God wants you and he's designed you to, to be, be in, in a relationship. relationship. And you know, relate. he wants you to do that because it's really, really good for you. It's good for you to be in relationship. All right, I started going the wrong way. What am I doing? All right, so I'm going to give you five things right out of the, you know, before the woman shows up before he gets into a relationship there was some preparation for Adam all right so make sure you got your preparation done as he said in eHarmony you know get some work done on yourself before you decide that you know I'm going to practice on somebody else so yeah, before Adam found yeah. a wife he had a job he had a job well, that's in here <laughs> just that's, saying that's, out that's, there that's in here you know I want a woman get a job <laughs> okay anyways number one 
Number one, placement. Number one, placement. Genesis 2, verse 8, the Lord planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man. He put the man. He put the man who we had formed. God placed him. Mm-hmm. Do you know that you're placed? That's right. You are placed. We're placed in community. Yes. We're placed in the family of God. Yes. We're placed in church. Yes. Mm-hmm. John 17, 26, and he made every, actually, it's Acts. Sorry about that. You scratched yeah. that. It's Acts 17. And he has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on the face of the earth, and he has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings. I, I mean, think that's a really important scripture wow. in the context of today's very tribal, siloed, oh, cancel yeah. culture, wow. is the whole idea that he has made us from one blood. Yes. In, in the community of God and in his family, there should be no segregation, there None. should be no racism, there should be no prejudicial None. behavior, no None. divides because of socioeconomic, because we come from one blood. One blood. One blood. One blood. One blood. Every nation. He made us for one, every man to dwell in the face of the earth. And he determined, he pre-appointed, he predestined you, your boundaries, your time. You're here today because God has placed you here today. And that's really, really true. There's a lot of, I, I sometimes talk to people and say, well, well, everybody thinks like this. I say, well, actually you're stuck in an algorithm. (laughs) <laughs> That's Carl's new favorite term. It's my new favorite term. You're stuck in an algorithm. See, when you do searches and you're doing all your work online and everything that pops up online, all I see is that everybody thinks like I do. Everybody sees the world like I do. Everybody thinks the same way. That's because they've already analyzed your thinking and they're sending you stuff that already aligns with your thinking. It's crazy. You need to have a different thought. I, I, I keep looking at this camera and I'm on that camera. Am I on this camera? Whose camera am I on? <laughs> I'm talking to people here. Am I talking to people here? We need to put lights on this so I know where I am. All right, here I am. Yes, Pastor Sharp. I was just thinking, you know, I play the game of hearts on my on my iPhone. Yeah. It's a little game that I play. And so I don't have the thing that you can, you know, block the uh, advertising. So the advertising comes in. As soon as you click on shop or look at Boom. the clothing, then all the next 10 or 15 advertisements that come on while I'm playing hearts is all for clothing. Yes. I created an algorithm in that second. Boom. And then everything that comes through my filter and everything that tries to sway the way I think or shop or anything is based on that algorithm. And I, I didn't know, but I, I mean, I, 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 I searched on doomsday prophecies and now all of a sudden it's coming to me fast and furious. <laughs> Hundreds of them over and over and over again. Yeah, I can't stop it. Suddenly, when, everybody thinks like this. It's really not true. You're stuck in an algorithm. Mm-hmm. So, and someone's do, targeting do fresh, you. Yeah, they are targeting you. Yeah. They're targeting you with stuff. Change your search. Search for, it's going to end really good. It's going to end with the yeah. glory of the Lord filling the earth. It's going to end with an incredible harvest. Mm-hmm. Change your search and you'll find out God is that you're good. stuck God in a little victorious. black hole of negativity. <laughs> Get out of there. Be set free right now in the name of Jesus. You know, I mean, I'm, I want to put a little pool in the backyard, a plunge pool. So now Pinterest keeps on sending me, you know, <laughs> little pools for your backyard. So, I mean, that happens. But people get stuck in this and they get narrowed down. And so it's and get, all you see. You just drill down and down until you're stuck in a dark hole. It's the only thing that informs your thinking. Yeah. Because you, you, you are in an algorithm and, and you've allowed that thing to inform your thinking, inform, every, inform everything. Yeah, then you, sadly, if you think everybody thinks that way, it's not true. Mm-hmm. First Corinthians twelve eighteen. but now God has set the members, each one of them in the body of Christ just as he pleased. Not as Google pleases, not as some algorithm pleases, but God. God places you. God sets you. God has predetermined boundaries. The, <laughs> 
get stuck right there. Here, let me help you. I, I might need a drink. So, I mean, God, God has, has, has placed you where you are. And, and there's a lot of people like, I'll be happy when I go here. I need to be there. I need to go to LA. I need to go to here. I need to go to this Bible school. I need to start hanging out with those people. I'll be happy when. I'll be happy when. You know what you'll really be happy when? You'll be really happy when you embrace the placement of God. Amen. And you understand that God has already put you right now in a place that advantages you and blesses you and just acknowledge and sometimes you're going to put you in places where you're going to get challenged and you need to grow Pastor i need to Carl, move on pastor no, someone's someone's to give you a water me a water i appreciate that thank you very Merci much Merci beaucoup. so pastor cheryl talk about the next point provision god provides for us and i love that god just didn't place us into a barren um wasteland but he placed us into a garden genesis 2 9 says out of the ground the lord made every tree grow that is pleasant and good for food good for so food. god provides for us so he brings us into community but in that community and in that placement he provides for That's us right. as well and yeah. so in this community it's god pleasant. has provided it's for good. you there's provision in the placement of god there's provision where he places you number three there's purpose where he places you. Genesis 2.15 says, the Lord took man and put him in the garden. This is where you go get a job. <laughs> God really places you with purpose. The Lord took man, put him in the garden of Eden to tend it and keep it. I want to go back to the garden of Eden where it's just frolicking and eating. If we go back to the garden of Eden, there's a job to do. He said, I want you to tend it and I want you to keep it. The word keep it means to guard, to keep, to watch over protect. it, to protect it, to save life and protect. So we are guarding. What's he guarding against? He's guarding against the fact that there are enemies even in even in the first creation even at that time in the garden of eden there were interlopers there were enemies that's where satan popped in and he was supposed to guard against satan satan came in to mess up god's plan and adam was in responsible place to say buddy back off and, and he was the right same there relationship yes. we have we have the you know we've been uh placed in relationship yes. we can be provided for emotionally yes. spiritually and mentally but we also have a purpose in relationship to guard and protect guard and protect so it's our responsibility in our relationships, whether it's yeah, your marriage relationship absolutely. or your relationships in the community at church or your relationship with your children, your job is to tend, to guard, protect, keep, and and yeah. Yeah. Pay attention to your relationships. Yeah. God placed you there. You protect it. Mm -hmm. You serve that person. Yeah. You love that person. Maybe I'm not we need letting to watch anybody, a movie together. Don't talk trash about that. You know, I know. You, True that, eh? Yeah, don't, I'm not yeah. letting that happen. That's not going to happen. Yeah, when the enemy comes in, you Boom. know, it says that gossip divides friends. And when you so. hear that, a whisper when you hear divides friends. garbage, you should just say, you know what? That's my that's my brother. That's even my if it's, sister. Even if it's the truth. You know, gossip isn't, isn't like a lie. Gossip is when you share, slander is when you share the truth with, with an intent, with an intent to, to hurt. harm. You know, and when you whisper about things, you're not being a friend. You're yeah. destroying relationship. You're not guarding relationship. Mm -hmm. You're destroying things. So you and I have a responsibility to so. guard and protect and you guys and are all really our relationships. Good at it, I tell you. Another thing he said was, he said, be fruitful, multiply, so reproduce, fill the earth. But then he also said, subdue it, which is the word kabosh, which is where we get the word kibosh. Put the kibosh on that. So sometimes you have to conquer, keep, subdue, bring it under subjection. So you have a job. Number four, you got a personality. Yep, you got I have a personality. a personality, all right. You're created with a personality, and I'm using personality because it fits the P. I could have said you got an identity, and you do have an identity. Then God said, let us make man in our image. You're created in the image of God. You're empowered by God. First Peter uh, 1 says that we are partakers, or is it chapter 2 says we are partakers of divine Second nature. Peter, God has given us everything we need for life.
life and, and godliness. godliness. We are partakers of divine of nature. Divine I nature. have an identity. I'm in the image of God and in the likeness of God. Romans 8, 16 says, the, the Spirit, Spirit capital S, the Spirit himself bears, bears witness, witness with small our s with my spirit, and he tells me that we are children of God. So Holy Spirit is constantly saying, you're a child of God. He's Amen. witnessing with your spirit. You're born again. You're born from above. You're in the family of God. All things have become new, and he's constantly telling you, you are a child of God. You have an identity. The world's constantly trying to label you, but you have an identity. Number five, you got parameters. You got True. parameters. So God gave him a whole list of things he couldn't do. Actually, look what it says. And the Lord One God, thing. The Lord God commanded man, saying, out of the, every single tree of the garden, you can freely eat. Come on, say freely eat. Freely. Come on, chicken wings, all kinds of stuff, man. I'm telling you. you God said you can freely eat, brother. Praise Jesus. He said you can freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge. Say knowledge. Knowledge. Of good. Good. Knowledge of good. The knowledge of good. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. Don't eat of that one. For in the day that you eat of that tree, you're really going to die. Not not a physical death, but you're going to die spiritually. It's going to lead to like a one, physical death. But boom, thing. that day. That one day. Thing. One thing. You know, one and thing. people think it's rules, and it was really God's love and God's mercy. It was like a no trespassing yes. sign. And so I think as great boy talks about, it, he says, like reminding us, that we should not imagine that we have the right or the capacity to judge God or other people, yes. which means we don't have the capacity of omniscience. We are created in his image, but I am not omniscient no. God. And so I don't have all knowledge. I'm not all knowing. And so I therefore have no capacity to fully out of clarity and completeness, judge between good and evil. And we're judging all the time. There's all so much the judgment in our culture right I'm now. Really it's judging. awful. So much. The original sin was eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The sin of pursuing life, your identity, your worth, your significance, your security from yourself, from ourselves, from the wisdom of our own collection, from your little silo of people that you hang with. We are wise. We will tell you what's what. That's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And when we did you know? that, we plunged creation into yes. a catastrophic fall. Catastrophic. Um, I have a few things. It says uh, we corrupted our own nature. Our intellect was used against us perversely. We experienced separation from God. Not that he separated himself because no. he sought us. He, he seeks after yeah. us. Um, and then after that, it tainted every Everything, relationship Cheryl. going Everything. forward. Everything. And we've been in prison to this futility of trying to define ourselves by good and, and evil. And it's really big in the church. Mm -hmm. The church, is, the church instead of having a relationship with God, they got moralism. And where we're teaching lessons on how to be a better person. Come next Sunday and we'll give you another lesson on how to be a better person. And it's just, it's just rubbish and it's corrupted people and it's a lie because you can't do it. So you've put people on a, a constant cycle of despair trying to be what only God could mm -hmm. give you as a gift. It resulted in like four untruths, four things we don't believe. Um, we believe that our sin has made us an enemy with God. We believe that we are unsafe in the place that he put us. We believe that we're better off alone because of the fall and knowing good and evil. And we believe that there's no place for us. So the very thing that God provides for us, place, yeah. provision, and everything else, that was tainted and that was robbed from us when that all happened from eating. And the, the sad food. thing is here's the lie. You ready? Here's what the lie was. The lie was, don't you want to be like God? Yeah. And we don't already you, were. Don't you want to be more godly? Don't you want to be more godlike? You know, that sounds really good, doesn't it? And there's lots of, you can find all kinds of Christian books. How to be more like God. 
And it's just crazy. It's, it's trying to tell you to do something that you already have. Yeah, and I don't You're want the burden something. of omniscience. You know, it says an attempt to know what only God can rightly know. And, yeah. and that it always ends up in moralism. It always ends up in us deciding that we're going to set the rules. Yeah. And it's a horrible thing. The law leads to death. The Boyd law says it like this. He thing. says, when we clutch the divine prerogative of knowing good and evil, we appropriate the urge to be omniscient without having the divine capacity True. to be omniscient. Yeah. We attempt to act like God in declaring judgment, but we do without do it without God's perfect clarity and perfect character and without his fullness. Exactly. And that's what's resulted. Yeah, we have yeah. people being labeled, people judging people, you have racism, tribalism. It's, it's but I'm amazed how that. smart people think they are and they label people all the time. Yeah. And I, Wow, who gave you permission to do that? God did not in any way change because you ate of the tree of knowledge. He didn't change. Yeah. God didn't change that day. God, in fact, came down and said, hey guys, where are you, where are you guys at? Let's go for a it walk. It had already happened. It was disobedience. No, you see the seed of the tree. It's the seed of the tree. What it produced in them was the problem. Like God didn't go... You disobedient people, where are you? I want to kick you out of the garden. He came down to fellowship with them and say, hey, what's and up? Them what's going on? What's up? Like, let, let's have a chance to re reconcile this and figure it out. Who but messed they, with you? But Who they, told you They you decided were naked? we got to cover ourselves. Yeah. We got to do this. They got messed up. Man changed. God didn't change. Man changed. Sin doesn't affect God. It affects man. Yeah. I think we think that sin affects God. Every time you sin, you know, when you're doing good, God's happy. When you're doing bad, God's mad. That's not it. God's always happy. He doesn't have negative thoughts he about you. Loves you. He loves you. He's nothing about you. But what changes your view of yourself, your view of others, and your view of God, like the things Cheryl just been saying. So John 17, 20 to 23, here's the high priestly prayer of Jesus. Jesus prayed that they all may be one, Father, as you are and in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, and that the world may believe that you sent me, and the glory which you gave me, I've given them that they may be one, just as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one. You see, belonging to him is the beautiful thing. This is not a belief system. It's a belong Long system. Yeah, and we've yeah. been restored rightly to God. And when you're restored rightly to God and you have that figured out, when you've got that, you're ready to interact with other people because you got his spirit and his life on you. I'm going to move over. I'm going to show you a little illustration. I'm show you, you ready? a little you illustration. All right, so I'm going to come over here. And uh, are do we doing need, it right here? Do you need the Vanna White to help you, honey? Sure I do. All right, so here we are. All right, so we got it. All right, so this is this is you. Are you ready? That's you. What would you like right. me to help you let's, with? Let's give me some of those. Give me some of those right there. All right, you ready? You're born, and then stuff happens, you know, like your mother left you in your diaper too long, and a babysitter let you cry for too long, and stuff happened. The dog, the dog got hit by the car. Your parents sold the dog, and you're in love with the dog. All these things. You went to a nasty school. Teacher said you were stupid. You did this, and just so much stuff. I mean, just some things were worse than others. Your husband yelled at you. Never happens to you. Didn't notice you got a new dress. Didn't say hairdo looks really good. I mean, you got all these things going on, and all these things they just start to fill your cup. They just start to fill your cup. It's just boom. Your life gets just flooded. And then now this is you. You're just this bundle of busted, messed up encounters and relationships with people, and it's just like, oh, you better get that out of there. Stuff. You know? And that's what happens, right? So you got all this junk in you. So, so what we got to do is to come to God. We got to get all these bad experiences out, all your failures, all your hurts, your pains. We got to get all this out so that God can come in. So you got to get rid of all your your problems. Get rid of all your evil self. You got to get rid of all your sins so that you can be acceptable to God. That's rubbish. Yeah. That's rubbish. You ready? Lord God, I messed up. I need your help. Oh. 
Here's the life of God. Here's drinking in the river of his delights. You know, when you start pouring, though, it looks like my lot didn't change. It looks like some stuff didn't change, does it? Yeah. It looks like the same old mess, and yet, boy, boy, things are happening. Things are happening. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Oh. I mean, that is so good, isn't it? Isn't it? Look, oh, yes, yes. Ah. Now, stop. Now, some people get that far, and it, it looks like pretty good. I'm a believer. I got the spirit of God in me. But you know what? You know what people see? That's all they see. But it can still get you. <laughs> oh, Cheryl, this is serious stuff. You know, but you know those here? that you think you're all good and that I've come a long way, but if you don't let the fullness of God fullness. dwell in you, those little things can get you. She didn't show up for rehearsal. This is important stuff, Cheryl. I know. Look, look, you just keep pouring. You don't have to try and get the garbage out. Just keep pouring. Oh, look at that. And see, here's the beautiful thing is watch this. You know, stuff can't go back in because you're full of God. Yeah. You're just flooded. You're saturated. You're saturated. It pops right, brought back up. But here's, here's the thing. Now, here's the thing. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, no, this is going to get messy. You know, you see, with God, it's not, it's not like God pour into me. Oh, God, pour your spirit upon me. See, God comes on the inside of you. I mean, God is in you. Yeah. He, he works in me to willing to do this. So there you. is a constant flow. So, I mean, people trying to put junk in, they can't because there's a ridiculous flow of God coming in you. It's just so good. So, it's like a it's, fire hose of his glory. A, it's a fire hose of God's goodness. Anyways. That could have got very messy. Could have got very messy, but but that's just what we're trying to show you right here. So, you know, you don't have to try to get the mess out of your life. Just drink deeply of his goodness. Just come to me. Come to me, all you are burned out, all you are weary, all you just, life stinks. Come. And if you come to him and you drink, it says, like the scripture said, out of your innermost being flows rivers. Rivers of living rivers water. Of life, rivers of health. Rivers, rivers of strength. Not of labeling, of, of judgment, yeah, of blame, whatever labels fear, got put shame. on you, don't try to get rid of the label. Just let, focus on this. You're a child of God. Amen. Focus on that God has made his home in me. That I'm one with him. God, I'm one with him. And it says, you're, when you're led by the spirit of God, you are really a son of God. And when you're led by the spirit of God, his nature, being a child of God gets manifest in you and that's what really really works i hope Amen. that was helpful i do but but don't let this stuff ruin your life mm -hmm. i mean i don't know what that is to you i don't know what pain or disappointment or difficulty or thing you know but and, and don't blame that and don't say well you know they did this the woman you gave me the woman you gave me that's what see that's what adam said adam said it was you know right away blame entered right away yeah. i mean right away when god said adam what, what's going on he says she did it and then he actually ended up blaming god because he, he said, said it's the, the woman, woman that you, gave, you me. gave me so god you gave me the problem and, you know, we can get into all kinds of cycles of blame instead of just going, you know what, Father, I thank you I'm complete in you. I Amen. thank you that you meet every need in my life. And when you come to that place where you understand that absolutely, genuinely, every need is met in Jesus Christ, then you're not looking for other people. They, nobody has a responsibility to do anything for you mm -hmm. because you're actually totally complete in God. Nobody has, really, really right Nobody has the right my, to diminish my you. image and my, my fellowship yeah. with God or my understanding of who I am in God. It's true. It's absolutely true. So are we on that one or are we on this one? We're on this one? We're on this All right, one. we're on this one. Well, listen, if, if you feel like that 
thing full of ping pong balls and you just feel like your life is scattered and shattered all over the place, listen, I just want you to focus on this. Just start drinking deep of God's love and grace. You know, just right now, Jesus said, come to me and drink. He didn't say, come to me and believe. He didn't say, come to me and change. He didn't say, straighten up your life and come to me. He just said, come. That's all it is, is come. And would you come right now? And maybe you're in a place where, you know, your life looks like that ping pong ball disaster. Well, you know, God's ready to touch you. He's ready. He's never had a, a bad thought about you. He's always never had plans of hope. You've never lived an unloved moment. But God is for you in every single way. So would you come? Listen, if you've never done that before, I want you to do this with me. Just say this. Say, Lord Jesus. Say, thank you. Thank you. For doing all this for me. Mm-hmm. Thank you that you set me free. Thank you that you've delivered me from sin. Thank you that you have baptized me into the family of God. I am a child of God. I'm one with him. Because of you. Your desire to make me one with the family of God. I receive you as my Lord and as my Savior now. Thank you for forgiving me, healing me, and setting me free. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Trying to make relationships uncomplicated, so that's what it's all about. So look, we've got uh, a lobby online. We'd love you to go to the lobby, love you to join with us and talk with us, but you can go to that lobby and have some fun with us, and we're just happy to see you continue to pray about the building. We're still negotiating this lease. I still kind of feel in my heart this is where God wants to place us. We seem to be a little bit far away. I'm I'm wide open if God wants to change it or something else. Let's just pray that that God guides us and directs us. Let's please really make it a matter of prayer with us right now, okay? Because right last week as I talked about, sometimes there's windy words. You're crossing over and then all of a sudden the wind comes up. We've had a few windy words this week, a few yeah. things, but, but let's just, we got authority over the wind and immediately we get to the other side, they're going to recognize Jesus. So pray with us about those things and thank you for doing that. We love you so much. Remember to get into your small groups, do that. This Wednesday, Wednesday service, we're actually allowed to have people in the building even this Wednesday if you want to be a part of the group as we do our midweek service. And then well, next week, Continue to do it online. We'll continue to do it all online as well. And then next week we'll be, you know, online and in person, 30% occupancy. So fill out the card now. Tell us that you're coming. We're going to set aside a seat for you for next week. Don't forget, Pastor Cheryl, what do we need to tell them? Happy Family Day and Happy Valentine's Day. Just one thing, I know there's a few people in the congregation going through a little bit of a struggle. Tania, I saw you online praying for you. Bless you, you girl. Bless you. Um, I know another, Chantel, just praying for you and Johnny. Yeah, and just Jesus. pray God's blessing on you. And Thank so, you, Father. Just know from the bottom name. of our hearts that we love you all. Yeah. We are, um, you're constantly in our prayers and yeah. on you our hearts Keith's, and in our minds. Keith's son-in-law, Wade, Wade. just that, the heart, open heart surgery, that yeah. condition. Wilma. Always keep praying for Wilma. i just so encouraged by the reports and that Wilma's getting better and she's getting better all the time but we just pray that she's blessed in Jesus name so we're going to let you go run to the lobby go to the Zoom lobby and we want to say hi to you so if you need prayer you can go to the Zoom lobby now as well right now there's people ready to pray for you so otherwise bless bless you guys